I'd really like to do life coaching one day, but I don't have time right now. I don't really have the time and energy to dedicate to coaching long term on this thing. Working through this is going to be hard work, and I just don't have it in me. Maybe later. Maybe when I get through this busy season at work, or after this next launch, or when my kid goes off to school, maybe after we've moved, or when I retire. But if I could just get this one thing figured out, it'd help so much. Maybe it truly isn't the time for you to embark on a coaching journey to tackle the big issues in your life. You only want to do coaching when you have the time and the commitment to really get the most out of it. But there is this one thing that you'd really like to put behind you to make a decision about or to get some clarity around, maybe to get started on. You're not ready for a longer term commitment right now, but you still need a transformation. On this episode, we're going to talk about why working towards a small win might be the right strategy for you right now. Welcome to Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast with Stephanie Lee. On this show, we're going to talk about the experiences of high-achieving women and men across industries and lifestyles who are at the midpoint of their careers and are no longer content to let life happen to them. Together, we're going to purposefully create the second half of our lives by addressing burnout and overwork, by getting clarity on how we're creating the experience of our lives, how we're conspiring, in fact, to keep ourselves stuck, identifying and articulating what it is that we really want for the second half of our lives and creating a plan to achieve it. I was feeling discouraged. My body felt like crap, and I had just been through part one of some rather intense dental work. You can probably hear my in-progress teeth, actually, if you listen carefully. And then I had been laid low by the stomach flu. And truthfully, if I'm sick, especially stomach sick, it is only a matter of time before I begin speculating about how I'm just going to feel terrible forever. This is it. It's never going to get better. I'm a cognitive coach, and I totally buy into the idea that our thoughts create our feelings. But our bodies are also providing tons of feedback to our minds. And days of feeling lousy will just create the right physical environment in your brain for a lot of down thoughts and catastrophizing. So that's what I was doing. And I had some awareness of it. But I began thinking about a particular coaching goal that I had just last year in 2022. And I got a little discouraged. And I began feeling like I had just let all of that work go. I was working on it this time last year. I made progress. It felt great. But then I'd gotten busy and lost all of the progress I made over the last year. As if it was either or. Good or bad. Making progress or backsliding. But I also knew that wasn't quite true. I had very much the felt sense that I am indeed a different person than I was just last year. And then I thought about some kind of ahas that I had recently and ways that I knew that I was thinking about things differently and showing up differently even since Christmas. And I decided to capture it. In case you haven't noticed, I'm a big fan of writing things down, making myself lists. You can call it journaling 
or coaching myself. For me, it's a hybrid of both, really. Even when I write things down, I do still have a hard time hanging on to it, but at least writing it down allows me to see things I wouldn't otherwise see. So I started making a list. And the list I made was this. How am I more of my future self now than I was? And I want to explain this a little bit. A concept that I'm not sure I've referenced yet on the podcast at all is the concept of future self. The idea being that we are always changing, always growing, and we're on a continuum always from our past self to our future self. My future self could be the Stephanie of tomorrow, who wakes up glad that I didn't overeat the night before. Or my future self can also be Stephanie 10 years from now, representing a goal I'm moving towards. Who I will be, what I will believe, how I will show up in my life when I've achieved or accomplished or grown in the ways that I want to. So I have a rough concept of who my future self is six months, one year, three years, and five years from now. If this interests you, I'm going to recommend Be Your Future Self Now by Dr. Benjamin Hardy. And for sure, this is something we're going to talk about in future episodes. But the way that I framed that question to myself, how was I more my future self now than I was? I didn't really give myself a time frame for what I was comparing it to. That didn't really matter. What I was doing was asking my brain to go on a hunt for all of the ways that I had changed or grown that were in alignment with how I wanted to intentionally transform. And once I got started, the ways in which I had changed just absolutely flowed out of the pen. And I noticed a lot of them were actually very minor things. I haven't lost the weight I want to lose yet. I told you that I want to lose 40 pounds by the end of June this year. And the reality is that right now, after two international trips, I'm actually kind of afraid to get on the scale. So it's easy to say I haven't made progress. But instead, I noticed some things that have changed about the way that I eat. I would say for good. They're going to stick with me and undergird the 40 pounds that I'm losing. For example, I don't really want to experience the discomfort of overeating anymore. And you may say, yeah, well, that's obvious. But for me, actually, it's not. I have long enjoyed the feeling of being full, a little sleepy, drowsy, warm. I equated that with rest after a long day. Now I find myself really recognizing that that as discomfort and because I want to feel good in my body, I'm more in tune with noticing when I'm getting full while I'm eating and stopping before I begin to feel that full, warm, drowsy feeling that I used to associate with satisfaction. Similarly, I've learned and really made a habit out of avoiding carbs at lunch. Not 100%, and when I travel for work, I'm more flexible, but I find that carbs over lunch contribute to that mid-afternoon desire for a nap, which is, you know, frowned upon in my workplace. I tend to really feel better in my body if I stick with proteins and veggies over lunch. Again, this isn't a huge deal. But you know, it's absolutely going to contribute to the 40 pounds down that I'm going to be. So that was a couple of food-related changes that I noticed. Because that's one of the goals that I'm working towards. But I'll give you some examples in other areas as well. 
other changes that I've experienced that I see as progress towards my future self. I'm stopping myself during the day, asking myself what I need, and actually doing it. Not all the time, but far more than I used to. I'm looking into the future. For example, when I need to have the rest of this dental work done, I'm planning now for how I can make that easier on myself than it was the last time. I can see, truly see how just pushing to get that one more thing done or telling myself that I can rest when everything is finished really isn't serving me. And I'm more willing, not always, but more willing to take a break, knowing that that will set me up more for restorative rest at the end of the day than if I just keep pushing now, even if it gets me done earlier. Interestingly, these small changes are pretty impactful to me. As I look at my whole list, maybe as many as half of them are examples of ways that I have just changed my thinking about a topic. Again, all of them feel pretty minor, but I am experiencing them as impactful. I'm seeing how checking in and asking my body for what it needs is actually very related to checking in while I'm eating and deciding if my body wants to continue eating or if that's actually just my brain wanting to continue eating for comfort. I'm seeing how learning to check in and take needed breaks during the day, even when I have that impulse to push hard now so that I can finish earlier, actually keeps me from being able to check in with my body later in the day to see what it needs. It's as if I become disconnected. So it's an exponential impact. And it's all kinds of like cross impacts between different things that I'm working towards in what seem like unrelated areas. I think it grows in these areas a bit like a spiral staircase. We may continue walking in circles, seemingly revisiting the very same issues, but from a slightly different elevation each time. We're moving up the staircase, but it's a beautiful elaborate spiral staircase. It's not a rope ladder where we're pulling ourselves up each rung with brute strength. But looking at my progress at the small wins in this way, it changed everything about my perspective. And I thought about this in the context of conversations that I have with many of you. You feel pulled to something more for your life. You have desire and a want for something more or different. But the very idea seems too overwhelming. You can't even get a clear picture of what the first step would be. You don't think of yourself as having a defined problem per se. Maybe on paper, your life looks great, but you've got some restlessness or a malaise that you haven't quite gotten to the bottom of. Carl Wyke put forth a framework of small wins in 1984 as a strategy to address big, ill-structured social problems. Think big thorny issues with no clear answers and significant implications. I'll link the article in the show notes. I like to apply this principle of small wins to life change. When we're looking to make big changes in our lives, we can get bogged down in how overwhelming it is. How are we going to do it? There's no clear strategy. And all of the mental chatter about how it's too hard and we can't do it anyway. If we think about this in terms of our nervous system, what we've talked about in earlier episodes on burnout, 
we're sending ourselves up into a sympathetic state where we're less able to think critically, creatively, and clearly. And then we're asking ourselves to solve problems. But when we identify and pursue small wins, smaller achievable goals along the way, suddenly things become a bit easier. That goal, it doesn't seem quite so insurmountable. We're able to see markers of progress. We see progress is indeed possible. We build confidence in our own ability to achieve. We build momentum and belief in ourselves. And we don't inquire quite the same amount of mental resistance to doing the thing, whatever the thing is. I was training for a half marathon in 2019. After a lifetime of not being an athlete, I had become a runner and I was going to run my first half marathon in my early 40s. Part of training for an endurance race like that is learning how to fuel yourself during the race and how to fuel yourself generally while running a large number of miles each week for the training. And at that time, I had been vegetarian for nearly 30 years. But I tell you, and this was just my experience, I know that it's different for others, so don't generalize this. And certainly it's not a statement on being vegetarian or meat eating. But I couldn't eat enough beans and rice to satisfy my hunger. We would go over to Moe's after bike riding and I would get the vegetarian burrito with beans and rice and their tofu, which at the time was great. And that would be about the best I could do to really feel full. But I was just hungry all the time. And adding insult to injury, I was gaining weight. So I decided that I needed to start eating meat again after all of those years of being a vegetarian. My gateway back into eating meat was bacon. My husband and I went on a vacation to an all-inclusive and we'd sit on the beach with a plate of breakfast, snuck outside from the buffet, not sure we were actually allowed to do that. And I would get bacon for him and then I would eat it. That was my first small win when it came to eating meat. Bacon, especially bacon that someone else had prepared was easy and accessible and yummy. Whereas thinking about all of the various kinds of meat that I should probably integrate into my diet, didn't really have a taste for, and certainly didn't feel comfortable cooking. It was totally overwhelming. But the bacon? I'm sure there's definitely a joke in here about making these things go down easy, greasing the wheels or something. Considered from a different angle, my friend Emily gave me cuttings from three plants over Christmas. I generally favor plants that thrive in neglect, but often I have a few others around that I'm daring to live. But I really wanted these cuttings from Emily to take root. So first we put them in water until roots appeared. And then once we had roots, we planted them in potting soil and watched for signs of new growth. Something to tell us that the roots were getting sufficient nutrients from the soil to begin supporting the plants. Finally, after two months, all three plants have evidence of new growth. And these tiny little leaves are evidence of all that has happened beneath the soil, the growth, the establishment of roots. I can't see. You can check out my pictures of my little cuttings on my Instagram page at Stephanie Lee Coaching. So what are some other examples of these small wins that I'm talking about? A small win might be a decision that needs to be made. It might be getting started taking first steps towards a goal. 
It might be dealing with stress and overwhelm or dealing with a specific problem or a conflict in the here and now with no eye towards the future. It might be simply creating space in your life to figure out what it is that you want, carving out time and space exactly for that. It might be getting clear on your why for something that you want to do, your reasons for a particular goal that you have. It could be an opportunity to wrestle through something about which you don't have clarity right now in your life. It could be a way to address a sense of angst or an itch to scratch or just something you really need to sort or think through. And because I think this is important and valuable and needed, I'm offering a new coaching package of three sessions to support you in getting your small win. If this is for you, if a commitment to 12 or 24 sessions just seems impossible, if you don't have the time to make that kind of commitment, maybe you have a problem that actually doesn't seem like it's going to take that long to fix. Maybe you're curious about coaching and want to check it out. Clients will use these sessions to address topics, including ones like these. Weight or their eating, healthy habits, burnout, overwhelm, work stress, caregiver stress, maybe personal, relational, or career transitions, unidentified discontent or stuckness, drinking more than they'd like, relationships with their spouse or significant other, their children, their friends, maybe faith stuff, letting go of something old to embrace something new, grief, and if grief, it's probably grief over a phase of life that has passed, perhaps a season of life or even a pet. This isn't likely the best venue to grieve a significant loss. But sometimes a large counseling or coaching container feels disproportionate to some of the other types of grief that we experience. We can also spend time on New Year's resolutions that you've already shelved here in February. Creating a path towards your goal or developing a vision for your future self, as I talked about earlier in this episode. So why do small wins matter? They're small, like by definition. These sessions are an opportunity for you to get back in the driver's seat, to get out of the pattern of life happening to you and into a new model of agency where you're in charge of your next steps. You're gonna develop examples of successes to build on. You get out of a rut and you'll do this for you. When I decided to create these small wins for big results sessions, I sat down to make my own list of things that I would want to work on with such an opportunity. Things that if I fully address them and work through them could make an outsized impact in my life. Are you curious about what they are? I have beliefs about entrepreneurship and selling that are carryovers from my childhood that I need to let go of. I need to make decisions about which goal or goals to really pursue right now and be willing to place others on hold. I need to figure out what it looks like to change the way that I work to be more productive, not just to work harder or longer, but to really investigate and re-engineer the way that I work to be able to achieve more without the same amount of hustle that I'm currently putting in. I also have well-practiced thought about how much I have to do and how I don't have time 
that are with me, irrespective of the actual facts, my responsibilities. They're not serving me. And it's time to really examine them fully and let them go. And I want to create a clear and compelling vision of my future self so that I can spend more time being her now. All of these things are part of my bigger goals. All of these are things that, again, if I spent time on them, real time on them, they would have significant ripple effects in my life today. And these would all be small wins, but they would create big results in my life. If you'd like support in creating your small win, I'm currently offering a three-session coaching package called Small Wins for Big Results. Because small wins can make a huge difference in our lives. We'll do focused work together over a series of three sessions to get you some wins in the bag that will make meaningful change in your life. So why wouldn't you just do this yourself? I mean, these are small goals, right? So you can go after them yourself, for sure. But if it was easy to do it yourself, you would have done it already. A coach can see your mental blind spots, where your thinking is getting in your way. A coach can help you see where you're accepting your own thoughts or perceptions about a situation as fact. And in doing so, where you're holding yourself back. They can also help you to excavate the story that you're telling yourself, to handle it gently like an archaeologist, to dust it off and examine it from all angles and decide if it's worth keeping and preserving or if it's just junk, better lost to time. A coach can offer support and accountability. They'll say things that you may need to hear that your friends and your family often will not. And unlike your friends and family, a coach has no agenda for what you do. In fact, a coach won't tell you what to do. But kind of like an organization guru helping you go through the closet, a coach can help you sift through the junk in your brain and find the most important and most effective thinking that will help you make the best decision in accordance with your own wisdom and desires. A coach can see, too, where you're growing and developing when you can't, when you're too close, and they can help you celebrate it. So I know you don't want to miss this opportunity, so send me an email, let me know you're in, and we will schedule your sessions. You can reach me at stephanie at stephanieleecoaching.com, and I so look forward to hearing from you. A quick personal note. I may let this be the last episode of season one and to come back with fresh perspective and with fresh ideas for you in season two. I was not planning necessarily to take a brief hiatus, but one of the things that I've told you that I've learned and an area where I've changed is actually asking myself what I need and giving that to myself. And this may be what I need. If I end up going in that direction, I haven't disappeared. I'm still available online. Follow me at Stephanie Lee Kirschman on Facebook, Stephanie Lee Coaching on Instagram, and Stephanie Lee Kirschman on LinkedIn. I would love to hear from you. And if you're not on my mailing list, you want to get on there. These sessions that I'm offering, I let my mailing list know first. So they got first dibs on the spots that are available. I'm going to be offering some webinars and some other things coming up over the course of the next few months. And you want to get in on that. 
So get on my mailing list. You can do that at my website at stephanieleecoaching.com. Thank you for sticking with me through episode 32 of Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast. And I do hope you'll join me back here on your favorite podcast player or YouTube for our next episode. Wherever you listen, please do like and subscribe. Tell your friends. And if you're enjoying it, leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. It really helps others to find the show. Have a great week. And I can't wait to chat with you again soon. Bye.